Welcome to the Bards FM podcast. This is Scott Kesterson, and tonight you're listening to Big Banks versus Local Economies. This war is real. Fighting is everything. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Tempt not the righteous man to draw his sword. Conviction, righteousness, ruthlessness. To understand tolerance, you have to understand the line of intolerance. War is the teacher, soldiers are the students. They become the bards of war. Good evening, patriots, and today is Wednesday, February 23rd in the year 2022. Canada is still on the edge of tyranny, though its hand puppet, Little Castro Trudeau has decided to pull back the Emergency Powers Act, but don't be deceived. We're going to get into that this evening. This is just a bait and switch that's going on in the bigger agenda of the WEF and of the UN and NWO that's ultimately going to seek its continued press to enslave everybody in its new versions of fascist capitalism. And we'll get into all that tonight. Before we begin tonight, MyPillow.com forward slash Bards. MyPillow.com forward slash Bards. That's Bards Nation's landing page on the MyPillow site. It's a great honor to have that. We're blessed. And thank you to all you patriots that continue to support MyPillow and Mike Lindell's efforts to try to get liberty back into our country. If we actually had 300 Mike Lindells, we wouldn't have the problem we have today. But we don't. But we do have one, and that's him, and we have classic... We have the classic approaches of my pillow and the classic pillow to save the nation. I just, uh, I laugh at this every time. I cannot believe that a pillow salesman is actually become the most dangerous man in the world, but he is, and we love him for it. So, hey, before we go, let me uh, give you a quick message from Mike Lindell. Hello, I'm Mike Lindell, CEO of My Pillow. Retailers, shopping channels, and now even banks have tried to cancel myself and My Pillow. Well, during these times, your support has meant everything to us. So my employees and I want to personally thank each and every one of you by passing the savings directly on to you. We're selling the best products ever for the best prices ever. For example, we have my standard size MyPillow, regularly $69.98, now only $19.98 with your promo code. Or you can get custom fit with my premium queen size my pillows, regularly $79.98, now just $29.98. Or my king size, regular $89.98, now just $34.98. So go to mypillow.com now and use the promo code on your screen or call the 1 800 number below to receive this exclusive offer. If you do it right now, I'm going to include a free gift with your purchase. Thank you and God bless. And that promo code is BARDS, B-A-R-D-S, B-A-R-D-S. You can use that promo code anywhere on the MyPillow site, the Frank Speech site, and the MyStore site. So, again, MyPillow.com forward slash BARDS, promo code BARDS. And you also have that special number, 800-975-2939, 800-975-2939, to talk to a Patriot Pillow counselor. Also, The Founders Bible, thefoundersbible.com. Your promo code there is BARDS to save 20% off of what I consider to be the Bible for our time. It's an NASB 1995 edition printed in heirloom quality 
right here and printed right here in the United States of America, which is rare in itself. I don't know if you've checked Bibles lately, but most of them are printed in China. But anyway, this is a fantastic Bible, a fantastic translation, and it has our founding fathers' documents worked throughout the Scripture, a lesson in our in God's Word, and a lesson in how our founding fathers used Scripture as a living language. So again, thefoundersbible.com, use your promo code, code BARDS, B-A-R-D-S, for 20% off. Finally, Expedition, X-P-E-D, expeditioncoffee.com. It's a whole coffee, body health coffee designed to boost your immune system, give you energy throughout the entire day, and keep you mentally focused. It is a coffee I'm very proud to put our own brand on. It's one that was developed in part by Dr. Eric Naputi for the warriors of this time. It's also part of a full health ecosystem, and all those products are available on expeditioncoffee.com. Those include the Gut Health Triad, which helps heal and seal your gut. Leaky gut is a critical problem in our health these days. We also have Pure 47, which is one of the most refined silver extracts on the market. It is a must-have for your, for your medical cabinet and your medical bag. This is something you need to keep, your, to keep those pathogens at bay when they come at you in this bioweapon world we live in. Also, you have Earth, which is a full-body supplement. It's a powders form. You mix it with water, drink it once a day. It's all the nutrients your body needs for a full day. And you have uh, Immune XP, which is an immune booster based on pine cone or built around pine cone extract, which is high in vitamin C, massive for keeping your immune system strong. It's so critical in this day that we keep our immune system strong as they continue to try to wear us down and force us into some sort of bio-death camp. I think we call those hospitals. Anyway, Expedition, X-P-E-D, ExpeditionCoffee.com. Check it out. All right, Patriots. So a couple of things before we start tonight. This is something that was really on my heart I wanted to share. I cannot stress enough right now a couple of things that you need, to, a few things that you need to be focused on, all right? Number one is your health. Do not get sloppy with your protocols. All right, the protocols, the basic ones, and I'm sure everybody's got their variants of these. Oh, wait a minute, I got to say this. I'm not a doctor. I don't wear a white medical coat and act like a doctor. I don't pretend to be Anthony Fauci, who's a big lying scientist. I don't, I, that's my, that, I almost couldn't say those words. And I'm not a financial counselor or a financial advisor. <laughs> I got all that, but I do have opinions. So there you go. You're going to get all sorts of opinions. That's what it is. It's my opinions I'm going to share with you. And those are low calorie. They are keto friendly and they're safe. And in fact, my opinions are so good for you that if you listen to my opinions, I think they just you just start losing weight just like that. Bam. It's, it's the health, best health diet out there. I'm telling you. <laughs> All right. So now that we continue. All right. So here's the deal. You've got to keep your health protocols up. Okay. Oh, someone asked if they're gluten-free. Yes, gluten-free. Uh, if you're a vegan, they're vegan. If you're not vegan, they're not vegan. If you like bacon, there's tons of bacon on this too. So love that too. So we are, at, we are at a point right now when the environments that we're living in are designed to make you unhealthy. And I'm not just talking about the stuff that you're eating or that's in your environment, but all the stress around us, all of this kind of weather warfare that's going on that we know is going on, they're trying to create multiple vectors of stress on you personally to wear you down and to break your health down. And the only way you're going to get through this period, and you'll get through it brilliantly, is to keep your protocols up. And those protocols for yourself should include every day some form of exercise, 
It should inform. It should include some form of good sleep. Believe it or not, even I've just had to had to acquiesce to that. He who doesn't sleep much has started to accept that sleep is probably a good thing. And you have to make sure and eat healthy. Stay away from junk food, drive-in food, drive-through food, whatever else is out there. And make sure that your supplements that you're taking are up to keep your immune system strong. You hear me pitch it every night in a promo for the Expedition Coffee, but I don't, you know, my point is, however you choose to do that, keep your supplements up. Some of the basics are you need to have vitamin D, zinc, all right, these are critical. These are really important parts of your body, okay? Some have added copper to that to some protocols. Some are taking ivermectin every other week. Some are taking an HCQ every other week in between, okay? Um, but you should be taking some vitamin C, and keeping that up, those are just some basics. You can get off the counter. Everybody can acquire those pretty quickly, all right? Vitamin B is a good one. Be complex because it keeps your energy up, all right? And I'm sure everyone's got a lot of other stuff they want to do, and, and I'm cool with that. I mean, I'm not trying to say your one thing is better than the other. I have my protocols, and, I, and, I can, and I'll share those with you because, again, I'm not a doctor, but I have my opinion. So, um, you know, I, every day I go through, I take a series of things every day, every morning, Right. So I, I do follow those products that I advertise. I actually do take every day. I, I take the silver, the pure 47 I take every day. OK, I take the immune booster every day. Um, I take a vitamin D every day. I take uh, zinc every day. I take vitamin C every day. OK, I just I want to just make that clear that I take a vitamin E and I take an omega every day. So which is fish oil. All right. And I also have been taking bee pollen every day, which is another fantastic whole health booster, all right? Those are some of the basic protocols. I just also want to highlight that it's important that we, the, this whole thing is done every day. Don't be hit and miss. And then in addition to that, if you're not nebulizing, you should nebulize regularly. Oh, by the way, I also take that Pure 47, that silver every day. I take, actually, I take nine shots squirts in my mouth. It's a squirt bottle. I take nine squirts every day. So however you want to do that, I'm just encouraging you to really look and establish whatever your protocols are. I've seen people who are doing the protocols and then they don't follow them regularly as a regiment. And the minute they don't, they get sick. And it's, there's no reason right now to be getting sick with these protocols that our doctors are great medical minds who are actually not sellouts to the CDC and the pharmaceutical nightmare. But our great medical minds have established these. That includes Dr. Sherry Tenpenny. We all love her to death. Um, Dr. Eric Naputi, Dr. Lee Merritt, Dr. Kerry Miday, Larry Pilevsky. Those are our top ones right there. Oh, and let's not forget get Dr. Artis. He's another great one. And Dr. Mercola, he's done some great stuff. So if you're not following any of these people to really maintain your protocols and keep up to base, do so. And keep your protocols going. This is our new this is how we should have been living our whole life, but we got lazy and we trusted hospitals and pharmaceutical companies. This is how we regain our health. And for those of you that are working like I am towards building a complete pharmacopoeia out of the herbal gardens that you grow, keep sharing that knowledge because that's a whole nother world of how to boost stuff. And it's like one of those I'm a huge on is parsley. If you haven't studied the plant parsley, you'll be blown away at how much nutrients are in that. It's nutrient rich and there's many others. Okay. So I'm not being exclusive. I'm just kind of giving you a framework and I'm really encouraging you to keep this up because things are going to get more stressful. 
and this social media world that we seem to be immersed in and trying to keep information flowing is stressful. And the lack of motion and the lack of movement um, is not healthy. So you want to make sure you have exercise every day. This can't stress that enough. Look, I, I love my parents dearly. And I'm telling you, they are a model for how to stay healthy. 85, they walk every single day, two minimum, usually three to five miles. They walk every day without fail. And they stay on these protocols without fail. And they have not been sick once, okay? So just keep that in mind. It's so important that we keep that regiment and you don't slip and don't fail. It's, I cannot stress that enough. So enough of my little non-medical, opinion-rated, non-white coat rant. <laughs> and there you have it, right from the mouth of Bard's Scott himself. All right, Patriots, one of the things that has been happening in Canada is obviously that hand puppet, Justin Trudeau, the hand puppet of the WEF, um, Klaus Schwab's little uh, sex toy, is also known as as Trudeau, is um, the man that he, <laughs> I can't even say that. He's a snip and tuck, I swear. So whatever Trudeau is, he's been rolling back these emergency powers acts. And don't be fooled. It, don't be fooled. Okay, this is, a, this is a sleight of hand, and this is exactly how they work. They've done this the entire time of this COVID nonsense. So what they do is they go full force as far over the cliff as they can, and they try to push everybody over the cliff knowing that there's going to be a pushback. And when that recoil happens, then they suddenly they start pulling back and they'll say things like, well, okay, we're going to drop the mandates. Well, that doesn't make any difference. They still have the power. If you're following what's happening in Canada, they're pulling back the Emergency Powers Act, which is like saying they're not going to enact the Patriot Act. In case you didn't know, the Patriot Act is like a 24-7 operation. It just depends on what day of the moment and what moment in the day they decide to enact it. And anytime they step way over the bounds, they go, oh, I'm sorry. We can't talk to you about that. That was that falls under the Patriot Act. And you're like, you just did what? You just kicked in Roger Stone's door. You sent in a whole team of people with scuba divers around his ha house, arrested him for doing what? Uh, we can't discuss that because uh, that's the Patriot Act. That's how they play. Okay? And they, they always do this crazily. Now, what has been happening in Canada is that they – Canada was kind of behind the curve a little bit in in getting those full totalitarian powers in place. And like I said, the truckers movement, which probably was initially organized or at least stirred up by some nefarious actors. That's pretty clear now, especially since two of the two of the leaders ran at the critical time. They're like, oh, we got to get out of here. Uh-huh. I wonder why. So that's what started in it some, with some nefarious actors turned out to be a true populist uprising in Canada. Brilliant. And people woke up and these people in power, these World Economic Forum banksters, WEF type fascists had a little freak out and they went, whoa, we got to put this down. We got to stamp it down hard. So they enacted through their hand puppet Trudeau, Weenie Snipper himself. They literally went out there and they, they enacted these powers to crush the populist movement and to literally crush them hard. And then after this happens, after they victimized innocent people, taking their monies, take, pulling their licenses, 
The other thing that they did is they took the opportunity to use these powers and these acts to map out every single person who was against them. And this is what they've been doing through COVID the whole time. They've been watching who's been taking the injection, who's not taking the injection, who's speaking out against the injection, who's not. And, of course, that's why if we look here at DHS, DHS has been saying things like, well, if you uh, say anything that undermines the credibility of the government, uh, you're a domestic terrorist. Well, put me on top of that list, please, because our government's a bunch of dirtbag commies, and they've all sold out to this bankster mafia and every single one of them wants to imprison us through their digital enslavement system known as the CBDC, Central Bank Digital Currency. So, yeah, I'll, put, I'll raise my hand. I'm on top of the list. And that's how the truckers are too, all right, because they've gone out here and they've gone after the truckers. And it's like, what have they done? Well, we know they did nothing. They were exactly peaceful, Okay. To understand the core of what they're trying to move to, they're trying to move everybody forcefully into this social credit score and the digital ID. Listen to this piece on this new Canadian digital ID. Now, remember, they've been saying they're going to retract many of the, the, the um, mandates, which I've said all along, don't follow the path of mandates. It's a trap, and it is, because all they have to do is say, okay, well, we won't do them, and then your movement falls apart. Fortunately for Canada, they're waking up, as you'll see here in a minute. They're waking up, and they're realizing this has nothing to do with mandates. This has to do all with getting people worked into this digital ID system. So as they have pulled back on the vax, because that bioweapon narrative is falling apart, as the COVID pass narrative is falling apart, they're not standing still, okay? Today, they, they gave the, the WHO pushed for a Deutsch... Uh, it's a German company to lead the way, that's Deutsche Telekom, which is DT, Deutsche Telekom to lead the way in establishing the standards for the new QR code-based COVID pass or new financial pass for the entire world. And Canada is going right in line with this, and all they've managed to do in this retracting of the emergency powers is giving the illusion that they're not going to come they're not going to continue with these tyrannical methods because the real power is in this new digital past. So listen to this. Canada is on the cusp of a revolutionary innovation that will transform the way Canadians authenticate themselves online and protect their identity. Digital ID. All of us are living in a digital world, but we're tethered to an analog model of how we identify ourselves. Memorizing countless online passwords, carrying government-issued licenses, plastic cards, and more. Digital ID is a way for Canadians to identify themselves to government, businesses, and each other electronically with ease and rock-solid security, without the need to present physical documents. One interconnected network. A federated digital ID ecosystem developed in collaboration with Canada's best and brightest talent from our banks, telecommunication companies, law enforcement, and government. It would have the power and security to store every Canadian's electronic identity and attributes and it would unlock countless opportunities for Canadians to verify who they are safely, quickly, and securely, while only revealing the information necessary for each transaction. A fast, easy, and secure way to bank, sign up for government services, renew driver's licenses or health cards, shop, travel, and more. Canada's banks are perfectly situated to help lead the creation of a federated digital ID system between government and the private sector. The World Economic Forum agrees that banks and financial institutions should lead the path forward for digital ID. Banks are highly regulated and trusted, 
They have advanced cybersecurity and privacy technology. And they have the infrastructure to operate provincially and nationally. Banks are also at the forefront of working with fintech startups who are bringing revolutionary mobile and online products and services to Canadians. Digital ID can help consumers navigate between these apps and programs with trust and confidence, knowing their ID is protected at all times. A federated digital ID approach can also significantly reduce fraud, save taxpayer money, improve regulatory compliance, and make it easier to do business as an owner and as a consumer. In fact, the Canadian Bankers Association just launched a white paper with our recommendations on how to move forward with a federated digital ID framework. I encourage you to read it to learn more. Yeah, we're all excited about the Canadian banks and all their loyalty to the people as they've stolen people's money and seized accounts, but that's okay. Trust your bank or not. Listen, the whole concept here, and it, it sounds like, you know, when you start hearing this, you're like, well, this is a global system. It is a global system, just like Visa is a global system, just like MasterCard is a global system. And you'll notice how once they start to seize control with this sort of digital pass, you're not going to get access to anything. The Internet's going to be ultimately be a QR code access based thing. It's going to tie to your digital app. All of this is being integrated into one big system so that if you're going to play in their space, you have to have a digital pass to get in. And in order to get a digital pass to get in, well, you got that little thing called the injection. Got to get that. And there's three of them right now. So if you're anxious to join this, better get on down and get started because you're behind three. And by the time you get to three, it's probably going to be six anyway. So this is the this is what has happened in Canada is all they've done is they managed to do this coup. The government is gone. Anything any perception that there is a democracy, just like any perception that there's a democracy here, man, that makes me laugh because there is none. We don't have we are living with a hand puppet that's being run and orchestrated by Wall Street banksters and oh Larry Fink, let's not forget him, of BlackRock and others that are, are instrumenting the function of our country through the corporate entities that are forcing people to comply. The same thing is happening in Canada. It's just that Canada's got another problem, and it's that as a socialist country, there's much more dependency on things like pensions and social medicine than there is here. And because of that, what they've instrumented up there with the bank movement and this digital ID will be far more impactive more quickly than it will be here. It's still going to be devastating here as they move it out, and they are moving it out. Don't think it's just going to stop. But this is where we have to make some choices. Now, to understand that one critical piece here is to appreciate how much these people love you and how much how interested they are in your goodwill. So listen to this short piece. So every Tuesday and Friday in Hollywood, um, they have a Catholic church that gives this stuff out. Um, this is where we live in at, y'all. And this is what the government is doing. Uh, Joe Biden said he spent $60 million on paraphernalia for drugs. And this is what it looks like. It says being alive. This is a meth pipe. Yep. Right here with this bubble thing. I guess you put the meth in there. Mm -hmm. This is a crack pipe. Yep. Okay. These are all instructions on how to overdose treatment and education. These are. This is the needle in here. I'm not going to open this. So I'm scared. I'm, That's for heroin. Yes, for heroin. It has the alcohol. That's pads a real and stuff. needle. It's yeah. a needle in there. Oh my god. And um, these things are like a, a black and mild filter that you put on the crack pipe so you don't think no one's saliva, so you don't get sick, and you can do your drugs. And, so, this is so they like it. it so they like if you're gonna do drugs, we're gonna give it to you so that you can do it the proper way without getting sick. 
Because we're, we're, we're not, because we're not stopping drugs. it. We're not, we're not going to stop it. Exactly. This is letting you know that it's going to be here. This is what they it is going to be here. That is the whole idea. Because as long as you can keep people high and stupid, you can control them. That's what I've been my big argument. And I know I'm going to irritate somebody tonight, but I really don't care. For those of you that bought into this free pot thing, legalized pot, boy, did you suck in a big lie. The original movement of, of marijuana and the free, you know, legalized marijuana was health-based. All they did was allow the cartel to move. And if you think I'm lying, I'm going to tell you what's going on in Southern Oregon, just real briefly on a little sidebar here. Cave Junction, which used to be the hotbed of mining and of timber, was shut down by the environmentalists. And guess who came behind? Silicon Valley-funded marijuana growers that are now working with the cartels to move marijuana across the country. And I don't think it says on there for the benefit of your health, just saying. All right. So this whole thing is always, it's always about keeping people dumb, stupid, and blind. That's the principle of everything they do. And what they're trying to do now is to soften this concept of like, well, your life is going to be easy. All you have to do is get a COVID pass. Well, they're going to call it a digital pass. It's a digital pass. It'll allow easier access. Everything is always about easier. Easier and convenience will be the death of humanity, I swear. But I want to dig in here something that I think will kind of surprise you. I mean, and, it's, and this is something I want to read to you. It's about three paragraphs. I'm not going to tell you where it comes from, but I want you to listen very closely to what it says. And here's where it goes. Capitalism is mystifying to understand. The cause of our mystification is the market system. Capitalism presents itself to us as a system of universal commodity production. That is where everything is produced for sale, where even labor power is a commodity. We hear a lot about the magic of the marketplace. Once in place, a system where everything is bought and sold strikes an eternal and nat- is, strikes as eternal and natural. We need to remind ourselves that generalized commodity production is a late and recent development in social evolution. For hundreds of thousands of years, humans made their living without the aid of markets. I don't know if people realize that, but that's the truth, and I'll talk about that more in a minute. Secondly, we need to understand what markets do. They are a form of the social division of labor. What, they, what that, is not how they, that is not how they appear, however. A worker in Malaysia gets a job as a dredger, which in digging out tin ore for the river, from the river, and then it passes on through dozens of sets of hands so that the tin ends up in Taiwan, where it is used to make solder to manufacture a transistor radio. That's one example. Meanwhile, a garment worker in Milan machines a piece of cloth that began life as a raw cotton in the field of a, of a peasant in Pakistan. The peasant is very poor. All he has to listen to at night is the transistor radio. He doesn't know about the workers in Malaysia or the woman in the sweatshop in Taiwan with the electric soldering iron. He doesn't know about the catwalks in Milan or the illegal immigrant on the outskirts who turned the raw cotton he grew with his own hands into a luxury item. What is going on here is a division of labor, indeed a global division of labor. But nobody sits down in the meeting and it says, here's what we need. Here's how long it takes to get it. You're good at this. Why don't you do this? You're good at that. Why don't you do that? Okay, let's vote on it. 
We, we got an agreement, then let's do it. The worker in Malaysia would like to be a teacher, but it's not to be. He has a family to feed. The woman in Taiwan would probably prefer not to spend long hours looking at a circuit boards, doing, doing her eyesight, destroying her eyesight. The market is a ferocious dictator, not, but no one person takes decisions. It just happens, or so it seems. None of these ec- economic actors, as economists call the people, realize how everyone is dependent on everyone else. The forces of supply and demand, we are told, act as signals. Now, if you understand what I hope what was just said there, you, we just mapped out the entire world new world order economic system and how and this is how extreme it gets because people in one part of the world are working in a little fraction of the manufacturing of pieces it's the disassembly of the creation of things so what that means is like instead of you working to build something like from your from your workstation let's say you build you make the pot or or and the entire pot you throw the clay you make it you fire it it's the pot or maybe you are making the entire transistor radio. Maybe you're part of a group that makes the entire violin. That's not the way it works. It's a piece is made in Malaysia, another piece is made in Taiwan, another piece is made maybe in, the, in China, and then they're brought together, they're assembled maybe in Japan, and they're shipped to the United States so we can get them and we get them at cheap cost. That's the disassembly and impersonalization of labor, and it's the exploitation of labor. Now, where did that just come from that I just read you? You're going to love this. It came from this, an introduction to Marx's labor theory of value. You see, we have been, we have moved. I just laugh because the Marxists, this is what Marx wrote about. Marx wrote about how capitalism, the industrialists, were destroying people by dividing up and using what's called the division of labor to control people and suppress the people. That was written in Capital, Volume 1, which was written in the late 1800s. And that's what the Marxists don't even understand themselves now. These idiots are following the MWO going off the cliff. And we're sitting over here looking at this now. And the irony of this whole thing is those that are awake understand this. And we are, in fact, this is how close we could be and how yet how far apart we are. It's a beautiful example of how these globalists puppeteer people and keep them apart. The greatest irony of our time is that Marxists in their labor theory of value, which is what this is, have more in common with us than a capitalist working in Wall Street. Think about that for a minute. Because we are all seeing how this exploitation is working. And the NWO, the global banksters, are trying to take what I just read to you and maximize it at a level we have never imagined. Because next, every single thing, breath you take, motion you take, has a value. And that value is going to be rated on your social credit score, which will determine whether you get right to use your money or not. This is the world we now live in. And it's been puppeteered by the puppet masters to keep us apart and not thinking and not realizing what's going on because they continue to compartmentalize ourselves and keep us apart and keep us divided by hate. That's the truth. So let's talk a little bit about where we're going and what our opportunities are. Ahead of us is a system that they are telling you is coming that you have no choice in. 
And as long as you believe that narrative, it's true. And the only way out of it, well, there is none. You're going to have to make a choice of whether you want to get the shot or not. But their whole model, because they control an architecture that's a digital architecture and a supply chain architecture, they're telling you that the only way you're going to continue to be able to feed yourself, put goods on your table, buy the junk that you can't possibly live without, like that rubber coaster that's made in Malaysia that's sold on Amazon for the blue lights or the Black Friday special that you know that everybody in your family has to have one so you get it for stocking stuffers, those sorts of things. That sort of exploitation and that sort of consumption of getting people focused on material goods rather than the core of what our gifts and talents are, that's how they control you. That is how they dominate this world. They continue to convince people that you are worth nothing unless we give you a value, that your labor is worth nothing unless it's certified by us, that your creativity is worth nothing unless you work for a corporation or the government, that you are will only be rewarded if you do what they tell you to do. And the only way you're going to be able to be fully rewarded is if you comply to all of the rules they give you, which includes an injection, a digital pass, and being an obedient slave to their system. That's where they're taking us. And what we have now is an opportunity to make a choice. We are literally at the cross, at the split, in the juncture in the road. And to go their way is the easy way. Everything they talk about is making your life more convenient. If you're one that likes convenience and ease, you don't want to stress about having to do effort on yourself, then please go get the vax and join in because that party train has already left the station. But if you're one that believes in rebuilding the world in following that opportunity of, that God has given us, liberty and unlimited prosperity, guess what? It's going to be a tough climb, but it's glorious. And here's some interesting little tidbits on that. You see, before capitalism, well before the mercantile system, which was pre- the predecessor to capitalism, all of this, if you haven't read Adam Smith, Wealth, Wealth of Nations, it's a good read. All of what stood before then was a system called the guild system. You see, guilds were basically broken up into two concepts, merchant guilds and craft guilds. And what guilds did is they created associations where artisans and craftsmen came together to ensure that their prices were they could buy in a, in a large scale to keep their costs down of raw materials. And things were made in totality by the craftsmen. They weren't outsourced. So you didn't build a violin by having some schmuck in Malaysia build the fret riser and have somebody else in Africa do the cat gut strings and somebody else in, say, Taiwan build the stem or the stock. Everything was built in the same shop by the craftsmen from front to end. And it created a completely different concept of work. The irony is, is we're heading back to a new form of guild system. But they're not calling it that. And what it is, is it's robotized factories where everything is built from beginning to end in one factory by a robot system. And what is the function of people? You're nothing more than a muckraker. All that means is you're going to be out there taking care of and tending to the robots, but all of the functioning of creating something is done by robotized 
assembly lines. The original way of doing business is we were involved completely. And the, the great one to look at, if you ever want to take some time, go look up how violins are made. It's a beautiful example of guild system. Because everything from front to end, from the, from the starting with the raw material to the completion of the product, is done by craftsmen. And that's a, a simple model of the guild system. And then all the violin makers, for example, in a guild would come together and they would agree to buy their raw material in bulk so that they could keep the prices down and they would also work in agreements to how these products were distributed so as to limit the, uh, the ability for others to steal ideas and to retain the craft within the system. That's a simple view of the group guild system. Merchants, merchants work the same way. They came together, and they came to an agreements of working with other guilds. Patriots, our way forward is going to be a very localized economy if we want to get out of this digital global nonsense. And it's not going to be easy, but it's going to mean people going back to building things themselves, developing a, a relationship of trade with somebody else. And it's also going to be dependent on another critical aspect, which is value in the concept of the modern world, everything that we are doing right now is based on a value structure that was just defined in that piece I read to you, which means that your labor, your intellectual property, everything you do is based on a certification system which was set up so that you are able to get a value, whatever that dollar is per minute, per second of your time, that is then your effort is translated to a paper currency, which in truth, has zero value, zero. But in this way, and that's how they're going to continue to work because they're even going to go further now. They're going to say to you that, for example, your wage, let's say your wage is, uh, let's, they're going to get it here soon if it's not here anyway. 17 and a half an hour is going to be a, a base wage soon. So your wage of 17 and a half dollars an hour is going to be established in a way that you can have that money as long as you are an obedient slave to the system, that you do all the right things, that you don't jaywalk, that you don't say something bad to somebody on social media, that you don't denounce the government, that you don't ever have a speeding ticket, never, you're never late on a payment, whatever that is. And, and remember, you're owning nothing. You're renting everything. So everything is about a payment. So when they see that you're starting to accumulate too much money in your account, one of your fees will definitely go up. As long as you can maintain your injection status, all these things of obedience that they're now conditioning the world to do, they're social engineering the world of sheep to be obedient sheep. That's what this whole process has been about in COVID. Why the masks have been important, why the injections have been important. They're prepping the ground for this digital ID where you must be obedient to the system. What Canada just did is they just threw it all out the window and they gave them the big middle finger and they said, nope. And that's why they freaked out because these were disobedient slaves, but not just a few. Those truckers that were supposed to be the penchant children that they could point the blame at and say, bad, 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 this is why we need to go and get rid of this system, turned out to be a social movement that awoke initially 3% of the nation, about 1.4 million, that has now grown to about 30% of the nation that is now saying, Ain't, uh -uh, we're not doing this. So we have a choice in this juncture, and there's no direct road path to where it's going to go, but it's going to be a path that we walk 
and we walk towards going to local economies. And if we don't do that, and you think that you can balance that between meta and all this other ease of their world, you're fooling yourself. They're going to be shutting down access to every single thing that they own. They're going to shut down access to your bank accounts. They're going to shut down access to the internet. They're going to shut down access to your doctor, to your driver's license, to your life, to your insurance, life insurance, health insurance, car insurance, unless you have a digital pass. And if you don't believe me, check out what's going on in Utah because they're already prototyping the new driver's license for the United States that is going to do just that. So what's the option? Because right away you can almost hear people start to take an inhale and go, what can I do? You begin to prepare and you begin to prepare to realize that value is not limited to just dollars and it's not limited to just physical wealth. Value is what you have inside of you. We have to learn to work together again. We have to work to build fellowships again. You have to learn to do things the old way. There's going to have to be a reformation of what we consider to be value. How do you value your labor to somebody else's labor? Maybe it's a work unit. Maybe you'll give somebody an hour of your time and they'll give you an hour back. But we're not, we have to get away from the standardization of what value is and putting everything on the principle of a dollar and a thing. Food is going to become a massive commodity and it's going to have value. Ammunition will have value. Seeds will have value. Your ability to do things physically with your hands has value. And it's not just limited to the hard currencies of gold and silver and commodity or hard or precious metals. Value has to transform. And it's a big step for humanity because that's literally going back for us to go forward, as you've heard me say. And it isn't just an easy cookie cutter model. But that's part of what made us so resilient as a humanity before is that through a guild system and through these crafts, the crafts and trades that we had, things weren't standardized. You didn't go out to buy that coaster and it was exactly the same here in this Walmart as it is in some Walmart in China. Things had a unique character. People were innovating and doing things their own way. There was a unique character for regional goods. If you ever traveled in Europe prior to the EU's destruction of culture that happened in the 80s, you found an unprecedented level of uniqueness in products across Europe. It was amazing. Region by region, town by town. Incredible crafts that would have been legacies that had been carried on for years, many of which have been extinguished because of the standardization models that the EU put in place. We have to get back to these more fundamental ways of being. And part of the fundamental answer towards getting through all of this is literally working together. Now, I'm going to play you a piece here from, and this is from Raging Dissident. He's intense. He's cool. This is a Canadian who's going to kind of give you a perspective on where things are in Canada right now. And he's got the right attitude. Here we go. Well, that, that was fast. <laughs> um, hilarious. Obviously, uh, you've probably seen the news by now. He just uh, uh, revoked his, his emergency war powers because um, I think they know they're, they, they, they fucked up big time. They were expecting violence. They wanted violence. They tried to promote violence, and, and it just didn't have them. And every day, it made them look worse and worse and worse. And now they're going to try and save their asses. 
They're going to try and backpedal. And uh, except the thing is, I'm not even remotely satisfied. I don't want just the I don't want just the rolling back of the Emergency Measures Act. I want the rolling back of the of this entire regime. I want them all gone. I want them on trial. I want them uh, to pay for what they've done, what they tried to do. And there's so much evidence, so much evidence. <laughs> they tried to declare war on a meme country. They abused, beat, trampled, sprayed, shot, you know, their own citizens, um, froze bank accounts. I mean, why? This is just getting started. <laughs> Do you think we're stopping now? You know, that? oh shit, what is that? What is that? I know that smell. I know that smell very, very well. It smells like uh, it's an irony kind of taste to it. It's kind of metallic almost. It's uh, that's what blood smells like. What blood smells like, and you better get the taste of blood in you. Because as we move forward, these people don't see you as human. They see you as your slaves, and they don't have any problem doing to you what they've done to those peaceful protesters that stood for liberty in Canada times a hundred. You think that that was a joke that Obama ordered guillotines? They did. Guillotines with biometric readers on them so that they could put their people in those and make sure that any of their own kind wouldn't get mixed up. These people are straight up evil. If you ever get a chance to go back to iPod. And he's on, I know he's on uh, BitChute. Go back and look and find his old episode, which is about a year and a half ago, on The Weatherman. You want to understand who these people are. That's who they are. They have no problem eradicating 30 million people to get their way. These people are sick. And this entire digital ID system that they're trying to put in has no benefit for, the, for them or us other than them to enslave us. And they're laughing because they keep selling people. It's literally, they're selling you a turd and they're telling you it's, it's, a, it's a gold-plated nugget. If you're buying into this, I'm telling you, wake up. And for those on the left that might stumble across this podcast, if you think you know Marx, pull your head out of your butt because you don't. You're fighting us for no reason. We're actually on the same side. We want the same thing. We want to get rid of global capitalism. Don't be stupid. And don't keep looking to the government to solve your damn problems. Those that are awake understand now that how badly we've been played. This is a time that we have to really work towards coming together. We have to, you have to be knowledgeable. You have to spend time reading. You have to understand what they are being told and what they're really, what they should be thinking. When I say that, when you have a Marxist trying to tell you that the government is trying to save you, literally you want to slap him upside the head and go, what happened to you? Because that's not the way it started. And your understanding of what you're supposed to be standing for has been turned completely on its head. Most people have no concept of the position that they actually hold because they've never taken time to do the research deep into what, where it came from.
we have the Catholic Church handing out crack pipe kits. Where is the outrage? But, oh, nope, got to go to church on Sunday. Uh Uh-uh. It is time that we draw these hard red lines on all of these institutions and understand that everybody is playing each other. They are playing us so that we will succumb to their will. The corruption is deep. The infiltration is massive. And what's going to get us through this is a line of truth and knowledge and unity in fellowship with one another. It's going to be tough. I'm not going to cut any garbage on that. It is going to be a tough walk because we're, we don't have a framework of an institution to start. What we have is a brief understandings of older ways of doing things. We have frameworks of co-ops and guilds, and these are the older systems which were very sustainable and very resilient, but we've never seen it function on a massive schedule and a massive scale in a country. We have concepts of the power of the county, but we've never seen a full county stand up to be truly independent and sovereign. We know the potential of the sheriff, but we haven't seen that many sheriffs and county commissioners stand up and take the full power of their office, but we need to encourage them to do so and educate them to do so. We are at war. We are at war for for our future and for our children's future and for the fate of humanity. And these people that beat the Canadians, our brethren, those people that stood up there and shot rubber bullets and innocent truckers, broke windows to drag people out, did searches of vehicles with their guns drawn, every damn one of them deserves a buried cell somewhere in a dark room for the rest of their life. They are, at the very least, they're traitors. They're traitors to the very principle of being human. And it should get you upset. And it should light those fires of righteousness. And it should fuel us, each and every one of us now at this moment in time where we've all witnessed it, to sit down and start brokering understanding between each other. We need to find the common ground. We need to discover what Canada discovered by virtue of our truckers, which is, guess what? We're not so different. We're much more united than divided. And in so doing, start to value ourselves again, not because I have a better idea and I'm worth more being paid by Google or Apple or some other tech company, but because I have a better, I have a value as a human to a human. And as we start to appreciate what God gave us and who we are, we are literally unstoppable as a force of humanity. That's where we draw the line of no and I will not comply. And we do so boldly knowing that no matter what lies ahead of us, we will figure it out because we will work together and we will suffer the pain that we need to get there because we also know something else. God will guide us. God will protect us and provide everything we need as long as we trust in him. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this time. We thank you for the deep reflections that you constantly provide for us to look deeper within our system to try to understand our differences and the places where we can come together. As in Ezekiel, it's two sticks to one, and it's time now, Lord, that we continue to find the way to bring unity amongst ourselves. These are difficult times. This times with so much has been distorted in our education by manipulators, deceivers, people motivated by their pocketbooks and their ability to make profit on us. We have to start rising up and seeing this 
illusion and this deception, Lord. And we just pray that these hearts can be opened up. And in this moment in time when we have witnessed so much in Canada, that not only as we stand with Canada, but we take the lessons from what Canada has shown the world and how you have shown Canada, it's so united. And we have to find that unity within ourselves. We pray for that unity, Lord. We pray for people to start valuing each other, not value ourselves based on a currency that has no value at all, not based on a worship of an individual or an alignment of a political party, but start valuing each other as humans, valuing each other for what the gifts and talents you gave us to start stepping aside from the divisiveness and start finding the common ground where we can work together. We can build a new future, forge a new way. Lord, we know this is all here before us. It's a choice. And so we pray for that choice to walk that path, the ancient path. And we say these things in Christ Jesus' name. Amen. Such an opportunity sits before us. It's a powerful one. And we can truly transform the world and do it quickly. I want to play this brief piece, 51 seconds for you as we close. God, this world is getting wickeder and wickeder by the hour. And I pray that you let your will be done. And if that means I have to die in your name before you come back, then I'm all in. I'm so in. God, I've never felt no greater love than I have from you. Your mercy and grace is what keeps me going every day. And my faith has never been stronger than it is now. And I pray that it continues to grow until the day I take my last breath in this world. So God, I pray. I pray that you help these world leaders. I pray that you help my friends, my family, everybody who's watching this video. I pray that you help them all. And we do pray that we will help them all. God will help them all to awaken to who we truly are as human. Patriots, keep your head up and your eyes forward. Never bow to evil. Never relent. Always press into the fight. Our prayers right now are one of the most important parts of our life. They are what ground us in the rock of faith. They are what allows us to reach across the aisle to pray for our enemies to open their hearts. They're what connect us truly deeply to Father. Father's with us. He'll never forsake us. All we have to do is trust in him and do trust deep. God is going to win this. He always is going to win this. But we're here in this time, in this place, for such a time as this. We have something to complete. Occupy the land. Expand the kingdom. Mission forward. All right, patriots, I'll see you tonight for Fishers of Men. Until then or until the next time. God bless, and out for now.
shall pay any price, bear any burden, meet any hardship, support any friend, oppose any foe to assure the survival and the success of liberty. Every thoughtful citizen who despairs of war and wishes to bring peace should begin by looking inward, by examining his own attitude towards the possibilities of peace. Too many of us think it is impossible. Too many think it is unreal. But that is a dangerous, defeatist belief. It leads to the conclusion that war is inevitable, that mankind is doomed, that we are gripped by forces we cannot control. We need not accept that view. Our problems are man-made. Therefore, they can be solved by man. And man can be as big as he wants. No problem of human destiny is beyond human beings. Man's reason and spirit have often solved the seemingly unsolvable. And we believe they can do it again. Surely the opening vistas of space promise high costs and hardships, as well as high reward. So it is not surprising that some would have us stay where we are a little longer, to rest, to wait. But this city of Houston, this state of Texas, this country of the United States was not built by those who waited and rested and wished to look behind them. This country was conquered by those who move forward, and so will space. We choose to go to the moon in this decade and do the other thing, not because they are easy, but because they are hard. Because that challenge is one that we're willing to accept. The energy, the faith, the devotion, which we bring to this endeavor will light our country and all who serve it. And so, my fellow Americans, ask not what your country can do for you, ask what you can do for your country. thousands of years to show its face. It has only one intent, to destroy God's light and to enslave. It has no scruples. It has no rules but one, to win at any cost. But we will never bow, for we are the remnant that will hold the line. This is war. We fight. We push, we climb, we never give in. We become the nightmare that evil didn't know could exist. We pray, we stand, 
We live by the words, in God we trust. We fear nothing. We are the light that can never be extinguished. We are patriots. We are the digital army that will help deliver God's wrath.